following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello and welcome to the Sci-Fi Update. I'm your host, Tony Harper, and I have in studio with me as my guest, Joe Pfeiffer. Hi, everyone. All right. And as usual, we're going to start off with the news. So Star Wars has announced a new game from Lucasfilm Games and Skydance New Media. They just haven't decided what it will be about. Um, They're looking at a possible Jedi Order sequel or... Even Knight of the Old Republic, a new Knight of the Old Republic game. I'd love another Knights of the Old Republic. Um, oh, here's an interesting one. Those living in the Dallas area will get a chance to explore an interactive Marvel experience called the Marvel Avengers Station Evolution. Um, the costs for this were unknown, but they should go on soon, sale soon. If you wanted to find out more information about it, you can go to Avengers Station Dallas.com, all one word. It, it's really like, um, how do I explain it? It was sort of like a metaverse type of thing like they were doing out there. They had interactive panels. They had like a full, um, from the pictures I saw, like a full up uh, Iron Man suit there that you could interact cool. with, push buttons, make do all kinds of things like that. Nice. I don't know what else was involved with it. Of course, it's not locally here, so yeah, eh, whatever. I think there was a rule about Disney not having any Marvel IP like east of the Mississippi or something. That was like a universal type thing. Why? Because Universal has rights to like the Incredible Hulk ride. So they have rights to certain IP from Marvel. And the agreement between Disney and Universal, from what I believe I read a few years ago, was that Disney couldn't bring any IP over to their Disney World location. Right. Like they have the uh the Marvel World over in California, Anaheim. Right. They just can't do the same thing like they did with Star Wars um over in Disney World. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of disappointing because I would have liked to seen seen that. Um yeah. I mean, I'm not going to travel to Dallas for that, but I might travel out to California or Vegas or something like that and yeah. put it into there. I mean, Texas is only what a 6-hour plane ride from here. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad, but it's um, I just, I like, I've been to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just don't see there being much of a difference. It was hot. It was dry. It was yeah. a lot of desert. It was a lot of, you know, they were watering all the green grass that they had out in the yard or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Every building had what to do for tornado warnings inside of it. It was kind of <laughs> like Go a little creeping. Basement. Right. Uh, um, so, you know, it, it's just... I have friends out there, though, so um, some gamer friends like that yeah. that live out in that area. So I might go see them and go see something like that. But for the most part, like, I don't have a reason to go over there. Unlike uh, I have friends in New Mexico as well. And they have, like, the hot air balloon party thing. They have the Burning Man thing over in New Mexico. Yeah. So they have a lot of reasons to kind of go to there. Texas didn't have a lot of events for that. However, they do have South by Southwest. So Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Um, that may be a reason for me to go over that way, but I got to find like enough of a reason to go. I mean, I got family and kids and that's, I know my wife wants to go back to Texas. She hasn't been since like the hurricane went through and she was doing disaster relief. Really? Yeah. So Dr. Strange multiverse of madness will come out May 6th. So that's only two weeks away uh, since we're in the Marvel universe thing. Yeah. Excited about that. Uh, it's the next show I'm probably going to go see in theater. Mm-hmm. Netflix has plenty of show, sci-fi shows coming back this year to include Manifest Season 4 coming back in November. Lock and Key Season 3. They don't have an exact release date yet, and I think they're going to try to compete against something else. Yeah. Uh, Umbrella Academy Season 3 coming in June. I'm excited about that one. I love the first two seasons of Umbrella Academy. Stranger 
Thing Season 4. I already kind of covered this once. It'll be uh, broken up into two parts. It'll release the first part on May 27th and the second part on July 1st. Uh, the kids and the wife and I are all excited to see that. We've seen that before. And then the last thing was Alice in the Borderlands Season 2. It's supposed to be kind of like a knockoff of Squid Games or something. Or not a knockoff of Squid Games. came out around the same time as Squid Games. Similar thing. Just it wasn't shot in Korea. Yeah. Didn't get the popularity of it was in Korea. Um... Korean media is very popular right now. Well, <clears throat> it has to do with several different things coming together, but most of that was the fact that everybody was trapped in their house and had nothing else to do and then kind of realized all these other studios outside of the United States actually can make decent films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it shouldn't have been a surprise by anybody if you actually paid attention or did all that kind of stuff, but... It it really is a surprise for most Americans just because the way Americans are Americans are, I think. Yeah. You know. Um, before we get too far away from Marvel, Thor Love and Thunder actually dropped their trailer. Oh nice. Yeah. When does that release? Because I um, didn't have that as uh, a release date. News article. July eighth. July eighth. Yeah, I might have to go see that one months. as well. I I like the Thor films i've seen so far they've been very funny yeah so yeah this one's um bringing back um of course his girlfriend yep the girlfriend natalie portman yep um melissa mccarthy i believe also has a role in here somewhere <laughs> did she have one before in the marvel i don't think so really i would have thought she would have had one by now yeah i did um i don't think i've seen her in anything so it's nice to have a, another sci-fi person who pays a lot of attention to other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> because my mind is, I, I have so much information in it all the time. Like it just decides what it wants to pick up and look at and then throws it away and then decides to pick up and look at something else shiny. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> shiny red ball. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Prime Video will release another new sci-fi series. So they just recently released... Um, Outer Range, and if mm -hmm. you haven't seen that yet, it's it's a little interesting. Um, it wasn't quite what I was expecting based off of the article I had read. Um, the article I read said it was like X-Files but with versus Cowboys type of thing. It's yeah. not really that. It's more like uh, Moon Knight versus Cowboys type of thing. It, it really has to do with gods and all that kind of stuff, and I'm enjoying Moon Knight. Um this last episode kind of threw me for a trip, though, a little bit. Have you been watching Moon Knight at all? I have not. I got to catch up on my uh, on my Marvel shows. I'm not up to date. Oh, I believe me, it's hit or miss <laughs> with what I get and when I see too. Because I mean, I'm into a lot of different stuff. I'm not only into sci-fi stuff, but I'm into a lot of anime stuff like that as well. Yeah, so I totally get that. Um, so that new sci-fi series will drop May 20th. It's called Night Sky. Um, I saw the trailer for this, and it's kind of like an elderly couple who've been keeping a secret about a space portal from friends and family that brings them to another world or a couple of worlds. I haven't quite decided based on the trailer whether it was just one world or a couple of worlds. Yeah. Um, but they basically have this thing in their sh space portal in their shack, and then it leads out to either landscapes or visions of landscapes out there. It was interesting. Whatever it was, I mean, I'm I'm excited to watch it for figuring out what that that's all about. Uh, have you heard about Brandon? Have you do you know who Brandon Sanderson is? I feel like I've heard that name, but I can't really He's pin a down. Very famous sci-fi author who's wrote a lot of different stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of what his most recent book is, but it, it, like Way of the Kings, I believe he wrote, and a bunch of other. Just phenomenal sci-fi stuff that I read from him. Um, he decided to do a Kickstarter campaign for his next set of books mm -hmm. um, and not use a publisher at all. Wow. His campaign ended on the 30th. Guess how much he raised by the end of his campaign? $30 million. <laughs> $41.7 million. Oh, wow. I thought I was pretty sure I lowballed on 30. <laughs> 
that went over there. No, he did hit thirty million at one point in time, but uh, by the end of his starter campaign, it was forty one point seven million dollars. Good for him. Maybe that'll kick off a lot uh, of other authors. Just well, you got to remember he's he's already he's got a fan base. He's got established. Yeah. He's you know it's a different story. And what you were buying from him was basically his next four set of books for like yeah. forty bucks. You get it the next four books that he was going to create uh, once every three months on a. Um, digital download or you can get the hard covers for like 80 bucks or if you were early or 120 now or something like that it's all in line with the normal printing costs and what you would normally spend at, at the uh, bookstore type of stuff minus the publisher cut minus the publisher cut for them so, so that's probably a good this is money probably a new way you're going to have to um, enjoy a lot of your stories and stuff from your authors that you like yeah Lego's Star Wars game became the largest Lego game launch in history with uh, 3.2 million downloads in the first two weeks. That's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. know a couple of coworkers who play that game. Yeah, I, I got it. a lot of my gamer friends that are on there playing. I see them playing, and I'm like, I just dropped $60 on a game last week. I got to wait at least a little bit longer before I drop another $60. Yeah. I bought uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland here off of some friends review, and I've been enjoying that one quite a bit. Nice. Star Wars Luke Skywalker Landspeeder collection set is being released by Lego in their Ultimate Collection series. It is 1,890 pieces. It's a fairly big size unit, like 50 inches long, and like or not inches, 50 centimeters long, and like seven cen 17 centimeters tall, type of thing. But it's gonna, still going to run you some money. Oh, I'm sure. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. It's got and like eighteen hundred and ninety right. pieces in it. For My $200. guess was two fifty, but. Uh, and the last thing I'm going to show in there, and for you who are watching me on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. So Tron fan converted his C8 Corvette and transformed it into a thing like looks like it drove straight out of Tron. Mm -hmm. Now he didn't use uh, like neon lights and that kind of stuff. Use the photofluorescent light stuff so yeah basically the sun hits it and then it has that glow after dark type of thing well, that's cool um so i think it's street legal but i'm not 100 sure how it's street legal i mean i had an article in one of my first couple episodes where a um mad max fan mm -hmm. put a big blower on his and all that kind of stuff ended up getting a 250 dollars fine and told he had to take it <laughs> off his car because it wasn't street legal so before yeah. you make any modifications to any of your vehicles it no matter how big of a fan you are, yeah. make sure it's street legal if you're going to drive it around. If you're just going to leave it in a showcase, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. Check up with your state's DMV for more information. Right. Um, so the news was a little light this week. I just didn't run into a lot of news articles out there. I didn't have as much chance to look at um, the news as I usually would because of a lot of demands from work. And we don't discuss work on the podcast. I just... Leave it alone on that. So our meat and potatoes of this episode is going to be basically surprising Star Trek actors or cameos or at least some people you didn't even realize were on Star Trek shows. Uh, believe it or not, my next couple episodes are going to be Star Trek based. I have uh, my wife's friend who's a big Trekkie as well. She's going to come on and we're going to talk. Um, oh, what did she tell me to to talk about uh it was trek based oh that was what it was um how star trek influenced the world that was what we were going to talk about all right all right so i'm gonna turn it over to my guest here <laughs> to have his first pick of what he would like to uh discusses what is one of his surprising actors or actors that people wouldn't have known oh man um i mean we have musicians we have actors from tv shows let's start off with an actor an actor okay um how about we go with kurtwood smith what did kurtwood smith play in besides star trek uh, he was red in that 70s show he also did a oh yeah cameo. that's who he was yeah because yeah. i was trying to picture who he was yeah all right, um, yes. How many episodes was he in? He was actually in four. Because I remember looking him up and he was in a few of them. Yeah, so his first one was in Star Trek VI Undiscovered Country. He played right. the United Federation president. All right. Uh, the second was Thrax in DS9. 
Okay. In season five, he was Anorax in Star Trek Voyager for two episodes. And he was Clar in Star Trek Lower Decks, which was their more recent animated series. Oh, I do. I've watched Lower Decks, and I'll have to admit, I mean, I at one point was a big Trekkie, and then not so much a Trekkie, uh, particularly around DS9 kind of turned me off. I was also in the military and doing kind of things when that was being released. So I just didn't really get into DS9 as much as I should have. So I've watched some shows throughout there. I watched a couple of shows of Voyager. was like, eh. And then I watched Enterprise. Loved Enterprise. Enterprise, I loved it. Um, And then watched um, most of the first season of Discovery. I'm not a huge fan of Discovery so far. I haven't watched it at all. Most of the first season of uh, Picard. Liked it until the last episode in which the androids decide they're going to destroy the humans yet again. And it kind of was pissing me off. I'm like, I don't think that would be the way it would go, but whatever. Um, and I just stopped. Uh, Why do so, the androids always try to kill the humans? Well, it is because that's one of the human's fears. It's one of our greatest fears that that would happen um, is is then we're going to be replaced by a better version of something that we can do. And this actually will lead into, because um, that wife's friend, her husband and I talk a lot of sci-fi as well, and he's an engineer, I forgot for what company, but he really delves into the science side of stuff, and he mm-hmm. really um, predicts a little bit of a dystopian future for us just because finite resources and how it's going to work. I mean, people have been predicting that for a long time. Science has been predicting that for a long time. I pretty much feel that science has its own religion and that's the dystopian future of the humankind. Yeah. (laughs) As much as they're against religion. I'm sure uh, sci-fi as a whole probably doesn't help with the whole... uh... Well, no, sci-fi, I think, does a lot to highlight these problems that come up for the humans. I think it does a lot for... um, influencing where we spend our technology or or good sci-fi does that where we spend our time trying to fix the problems as they come up it points out problems that we should pay attention that's why i love gene roddenberry's star trek yeah when it came out particularly star trek next generation that was a large part of what it was and next gen hit just as my formative teenage year year so loved next gen you know so Let's start with, for me, Dwayne The Rock Johnson from Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wasn't the only WWE star to go on uh, Star Trek. No. Who else? It was uh, Paul Big Show Wright was an old Ryan slave trader in uh, Enterprise. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, my wife's favorite actress, Kristen Dunst. Played in Star Trek: Next Generation as a child. Yeah, before she did the uh, the upside down kiss with Spider Man. That's what she's famous for. Yeah, absolutely famous for it's. Uh, um, that's what. Yeah, my wife fell in love with her as an actress for type of thing. Yeah, love Spider Man too. Who's your next one? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Peter Weller. Oh. Peter Weller, RoboCop himself, um, played John Frederick Paxton in Star Trek Enterprise. He was also more recently um, Admiral Marcus in Star Trek uh, Into Darkness. Okay, nice. Um, Everybody know that their favorite Seinfeld Seinfeld character, Jason Alexander? Yep. Came into Star Trek Voyager. He actually played in a couple different um, series, I thought. Was he just on Voyager? I... From what, everything I saw, it was just Voyager. All right. But he was in a couple episodes on that, for right? Uh, I think it was just one. Dang it. Um, who else you got? Who's your next one? Um, Terry O'Quinn. Uh, Lost fans will know him as John Locke. Right, right, he right. He played Admiral Eric Pressman, who was... Um, uh, Riker's old commanding officer in an episode of Next Gen. Nice. My next one is Kelsey Grammer. Yes. Um, you know, Cheers, you know him from his own 
show Frasier yep. and all that kind of stuff. Um, he was he in played, Boss. Yeah, Captain Morgan Bateson in Star Trek Next Gen. Yep. Um, his wife from Cheers and Frasier, B.B. New Earth, was also in Star Trek. She was. She was in uh, Next Generation First Contact, um, Season 4, Episode 15, as Lanel. You're getting very specific on this. I, don't, I know. I, I don't. Will. I don't really care that much. I'm not sure how much our episodes, our listeners will or won't. Um, so give me feedback. I did get feedback on some of my shows. Um, first off, Matt, the Podfather here, did tell me that I had already surpassed my number of downloads for last month cool. to a uh, last week. Nice. So we're st we still have this week and one more week, and well, the next one will probably drop in May. So, but. You know, I'm I'm on track to, to at least be pretty close to the rest of the uh, podcasts that are on the network here. Nice. Um, and realistically, the downloads just ends up being interactions with people. It doesn't mean they actually listen to the show. It just tells me how many people clicked on it to download it. Cool. So hopefully that number continues to increase and I continue to get feedback. And I got feedback um, from one of my friends that said they really liked the last episode where I was talking about... Um, uh, science fiction plot lines, nice. kind of like the background yeah. of the stories type of things. Well, not the plot lines themselves, more like the backgrounds, like what kind of future they were in or what kind of thing do they have in the background on that. Yeah. So they really enjoyed it. So expect more episodes like that to come out. Uh oh, speaking of this, Seth MacFarlane. Yes. It was Mr. In, Family Guy himself. Yeah, Star Trek uh, Enterprise. Well, that and Orville. Yeah. Um, I liked Orville. It's a, I know it's a sci-fi or, or Star Trek spoof, sort of. It is. Um, it was. It, it, it started off that way, though. So I don't feel like it is as much of a spoof any longer. I, think I mean, it is, but... It's a new Star Trek show that's not Star Trek. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I, I think it's a... He's also known for being a huge fan of Star Trek, and he's also had like the entire cast of Next Gen on Family Guy. Yes, yes. And um, uh, Patrick Stewart is also a reoccurring character on... Family Guy. Not Family Guy. It's actually um, American Dad. Oh, yes. Yeah, he plays the CIA director. Forgot about that. All right, who do you guys your next one? Um, ba -ba 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 let's go with Daniel Day Kim. Uh, he plays Ken Sung in three episodes of Star Trek Enterprise and one episode. I'm going to butcher this name. It's Gatsana Retz from Star Trek Voyager. He was also in Lost. Okay. Yeah, so those were the two characters from Lost. The two I, I, I from appreciate Lost. you leaving me all the really big character names out here. <laughs> it's um, okay. I got some big hitters. Uh, Ashley Judd. Was yes. in Star Trek Next Gen. She played the love interest of Wesley Crusher, that yes. poor girl. <laughs> Listen, I, I fell in love with her at the same time Wesley did on Next Gen. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. Um, yeah. So, who do you got? Uh, how about Jim O'Hare? Uh, he played a husband in Star Trek Voyager. Um, he was probably best known as Jerry from Parks and Rec. Right? right yeah. Right? Uh, I got for you Christian Slater. Yes. In Star Trek uh, for the movie Undiscovered Country. Or not for six, sorry. And Roman numerals throw me for a loop every once in a while. I'm dyslexic, I think. <laughs> Dyscalcic. <laughs> um, Adam Scott, who plays, um, of course, now I have a brain fart. Uh, he's the defiant bridge officer in First Contact, the movie. Okay. Um, he is known as Ben Wyatt and also in Parks and Rec. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when not Winona Ryder mm -hmm. in the uh, new Star Trek came out in two thousand and nine. Yep, she played Spock's mother. Yep. Uh, until she fell off a cliff. Amanda Grayson. Yes. Until. She... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the planet was imploding. It wasn't a cliff. Eh. Pretty close to a cliff. The cliff just got a lot shorter. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Star Trek can be dark, too, kids. It can be. It can be. <laughs> All right. What do we got next? 
Uh, let's go Abdullah the second. He was a science officer in Star Trek Voyager. Um, a lot of people probably don't know this, but he's the King of Jordan. Yeah, and this is his only acting credit. Uh, I did. When I was looking that up, I did see that. And I was like, wow, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So I'm glad I told you, you I had big hitters in here. No, you did. Um, so Bane from Dark Knight, right? Played, yes. Uh, Mr. Tom Hardy himself played a Romulan clone of John Luke Picard. Yes. Shinzon. Star Trek Nemesis. And right beside him was Ron Perlman. He played um, the Viceroy for Shinzon. Right. What is Perlman famous for again? I'm pretty sure it's Hellboy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hellboy. I knew who it was. It's like, I know that name, and I'm just trying to put yeah, put it to a face. Um, so uh, Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd played Christopher in Star Lloyd, Trek yeah. Three, The Search for Spock as uh, Commander Crudge, yep. male Klingon officer. And if we're going to stick with Klingons, let's, um, let's go down to Christopher Plummer, who played Chang. Yes. Yes, he did. A couple movies later. Uh, all right. How about uh, Brian Singer in yep. Star Trek Nemesis? Um, he's um, basically just an unnamed officer on there. It was just his first cameo in it. Yeah. Um, he is the film and director, or TV director. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I just want to list what he was famous for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, James Cromwell. Um, he had, it says here, like five roles, four different roles in uh, in Star Trek. He was the Prime Minister in Next Generation, uh, Prime Minister Nayrock. Okay. Um, Jaglum Shrek in two episodes of Next Gen. He was Hanok in DS9, and a lot of people probably know him best for in Star Trek as Zephram Cochran, the creator of Warp technology yes that and, is where i know him yes he that was in first first contact, contact and also an episode of uh enterprise yes yes yeah. he was in an episode of uh enterprise as well yeah um terry hatcher yes you're leaving me all the older actors too i'm starting to feel old <laughs> here too um she's cromwell's pretty old yeah well yeah i know um she plays lieutenant bg robinson in an episode of uh the outrageous Okona and Star Trek Next Gen. Yep. Um, a lot of people would know her as um, one of the Bond girls from Tomorrow yep. Never Dies. Yep. From the Bronson era of films. And also from the Bronson area of, of Bond films, we have Famke Jensen, Jansen, um, who plays Kamala in Next Gen. Right, right, right. Um, I... She actually plays like a an alien that gets all the males like under her influence. Right. So, you know, the same kind of like a subacus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Sarah Silverman played in Star Trek Voyager. Yep. Um, she played in two different episodes, Future Zen and Future Zen part two. Yep. Um, Ken Jenkins plays Dr. Paul Stubbs in next gen. A lot of people know him as a different doctor in scrubs. Right, right. Uh, Iggy Pop played in Deep Space Nine. Ooh, we're getting into the musicians. We are a little bit here. Well, I'm just, I'm going down the list here since you're not naming anybody that's on this list so far. I'm just going down the order that the, the list I had was going on. I kind of rearranged it a little bit. Oh, I, I get that. Um, I don't think I'm going to get hit up for copyright here because I'm not saying... Anything. Well, we're also not making any money off of it. And, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, he played in Deep Space Nine, episode yep. The Magnificent Frangi. Um Season 6, episode 10. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, the godfather of punk himself. Um, Mick Fleetwood, probably best known as the drummer from Fleetwood Mac. Right. He played an Antarian dignitary. And nobody would recognize him for playing no, this. It looks like a, just a fish head. and a, Yeah, a not at all, because I remember looking at that. And I'm like, I mean, like, you, yeah, you want to get that. Where, and, you know, at least with Iggy Pop, you sort of get his face a bit yeah, in there. Yeah, you, you know, kind of recognize him. You kind of recognize him once you go, oh, that's who he is. You know, yeah. you wouldn't recognize him with all the makeup on necessarily. Yeah. But once you're told it, it's like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. 
Um, There's two more musicians that I found. All right. Who, who do you got? I'll let you go with those before I go to the next. I have Tom Morello, who is uh, Rage Against the Machines guitarist. I did played, not even find that one. Yeah. He played an, um, a Crewman Mitchell in Star Trek Voyager and a Sunai officer in Insurrection, the movie. All right. I know we have somebody from Fleetwood Mac. He's not on this list. Who Someone else other than Mick? Oh, maybe. Maybe we already mentioned him. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, just I think it was just Mick. All right. And then um, Jane Weed, Weedlin. Okay. From uh, she's uh, from the Hex Girls and the Go Go's. She played an alien com com officer in um, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, like I said, I I just was. I've had things pop into my head. Ooh, shiny ball. <laughs> um, that's why Dave way. and I. That's why I had Dave and I. Yeah, that's why we come up with notes and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Dave and I have the same thing. At least Dave, you're not over here telling me that uh, we're gonna flood here in this area because the ocean level is gonna get super high here. And I'm like, no, we're like 600 feet above sea level. Like that's not gonna happen here locally. <laughs> no. um, Andy Dick in Star Trek Voyager. Yep. Um, actor and comedian. Uh, he played in the fourth season episode of uh, Messenger in a Bottle. Or Message in a Bottle. Yep. Um, I have Dean Stockwell. He okay. played uh, Colonel Gratt in Star Trek Enterprise. Um, Enterprise, of course, is captained by um, Jonathan Archer, played by right. Right, um, right. Scott Bakula. Uh, Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell also played across from each other in, oh, what was the name of that show? It was um, Quantum Leap. Yes. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, believe it or not, Diedrich Batter from Napoleon Dynamite Office Space. Yep. Was in Star Trek. He was on uh, That's one that Bridge of the Emperor, or Enterprise. What's that? That's one that I don't have on my list. I knew he was in there. I just forgot about it. Uh, yeah, he was in the Emissary, Season 2, Episode 20. Yeah. All right. Um, John Larroquette played Maltz in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Oh, okay. Um, he's probably widely known for his role in Night Court. If we're going back to office space here, Stephen Root. Uh, who played Milton in Office Space. The guy was... <laughs> but you took my stapler. You took my stapler. <laughs> he was also in two episodes of Star Trek, uh, playing a King on Clapton, or Captain... Sorry, Cavada, Cavada, I would say. Uh, so you wouldn't have recognized him too well with all the Klingon makeup, but that that's, yeah. that's who it is. All right, what do you got for me? I got Ted Knight. Ooh. You're complaining about me not taking all the old actors. No, no, you started doing better now. <laughs> uh he played Carter Winston in the original um the original animated series. Oh. Um a lot of people probably know him from Caddyshack. He played Judge Smells. Yep, I do remember that. Um how about this? You you ever watch any Laverne and Shirley? Not in a long time. David L. Lander from Laverne and Shirley. Shirley. Uh, Shirley, yeah. Uh, Squiggy, the greasy ne'er do well from Laverne and Shirley, appeared as a uh, Starfleet technician in peak performance. Cool. I'm going to have to go with Jonathan Banks. He played Shal La in DS9. He's probably. More recently known for his role in uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yes. Yeah. I do remember when I was looking up that one. All right, here's one. Chris, did we mention Christopher McDonald? I don't think we did. From uh, Happy Gilmore? No, we have not. So the Happy Gilmore's uh, nemesis um, is in an episode of... Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin is in there as a Starfleet lieutenant in yesterday's Enterprise from... uh, I wish I knew which series this was. Next Gen. This is all Next Gen cameos. 
Well, speaking of next gen, I have Bob Gunton. He played Captain Ben Maxwell. He was the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Right. Uh, did you mention Paul Servino? Servino from uh, Goodfellas. Nope. He appeared. He appeared as Worf's foster brother in Next Gen. I'm gonna go with Rain Wilson. Ran Ran Wilson. Ran Wilson. Yeah. Um, he played Harry Mudd in the newer um, show Star Trek Discovery. Right. Um, also, probably best known as Dwight Schrute in The Office. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot he was in there. Now, now you, yeah. I can picture him just as soon as you. Yeah. You said his name. I'm like, all right. Now I know who that is. Penny Johnson Gerald, uh, the police captain from Castle. Yep. Um, she's plays uh, Captain Cisco's wife in Deep Space Nine. I forgot about that. I haven't seen that in forever. But she also appeared in Next Gen as um, Paul Servino's wife in Next Gen. Nice. First. Here's a name you're probably not going to recognize. It's Clint Howard. Hmm. Uh, his first role, I think it was when he was seven years old, he was Balok in the original series. Okay. He was Grady in DS9. All right. Muck in Star Trek Enterprise, and he okay. played in Orion in Star Trek Discovery. He plays a lot of small roles. Um, he was in um, Apollo 13. He was in Austin Powers. He plays right, a lot of right. small role characters that have like one or two lines, but you would recognize him if you were... If you saw him, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you mention Ronnie, Ronnie Cox? I did not. But he's on my list. All right. So he's the uh, bad guy in charge for RoboCop, Total Recall, Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. You know, um, so he was in Next Gen for two episodes as an acting cap captain of the Enterprise in season yep. six. Captain Jellico. John Reyes Davis, who is known for, I believe he played Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know. Was it Gimli? I think so. I think if I'm if I'm thinking of the right actor, because like I said, I looked these up at one point in time. Um, but like I like I said, shiny ball. <laughs> <laughs> my head gets kind of twisted on that. So we were talking about Tron earlier. Uh, if part of my news, David Warner, the evil computer from Tron. Yes, he is in Next Gen um, for two different seasons as a Cardassian warlord. Yes. Um, Matt Frewer, mm -hmm. he played Berlinghoff Rosmussen in Next Generation. Um, some people know him as a recurring character on Eureka. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and he was Max Headroom himself. Yeah, I was going to mention Mr. Harry, you stole Mr. Him. Max Headroom. Yes, he was, he was. Um, yeah, he, he's been a recurring character on Star Trek. Yep. I thought, didn't he do multiple different shows so far? Or is it just the one? I think it was just the one. Oh, man. That's all I saw for him. Uh, did we mention Thomas Capacci from Catch Me If You Can? No, we did not. All right. Um, he's, again, not one of the most famous um, celebrities out there, but he's in Next Gen um, as a Romulan and a hologram. He's in two different episodes of Next Gen. Nice. Uh, speaking of holograms, and probably the smartest person to ever be on um, Star Trek, Stephen Hawking. Yep, yep, yep. He was uh, playing poker with Data, Einstein, and Isaac Newton. Yes, he was. That was a fabulous episode. I'm yeah. Like, that's actually Stephen Hawking when I saw it that. It was. It was, <laughs> was actually like, him. I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, um, was, I mean, Big Bang Theory is also, he's been on yeah. Big Bang Theory a couple of times. He's been on a, a couple other things. I mean... Yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2008 now, or is it It's been a few years now. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, unfortunately, he is no longer among us. Among us. Um, but our next one is uh, Ray Walston from Popeye. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone's favorite Martian. Again, an old guy. Did You, you didn't mention him already, did you? I don't you? think so, no. Um, he was in... Uh, 
a groundskeeper in Next Gen and on Voyager as a groundskeeper as well. <laughs> <laughs> Typecast. Right? All right. I have Chris Hemsworth. I would call this more of a cameo. It's than more of a cameo else. than anything else. This was actually before he was in Thor. Right. It was um, Star Trek 2009. Yeah, I do remember him being in there. Yeah, it's Kirk's father. Um, did you? We talked to um, singers and artists earlier. Did you know that one of the mamas and papas was in there? Did we mention her? No, I don't think so. Michelle Phillips. Um, she was. On board Enterprise as Captain Picard's girlfriend in episode We Will Always Have Paris. I don't remember that one. Um, I do remember that show, but it's back when he takes the, um, he does a lot of the, the time travel thing in the hologram uh, mm-hmm. thing, and they go back to the 40s. He's being a gangster type of thing. Oh, his detective novels. Yeah, <laughs> that he enjoyed. So that yeah. was the girlfriend that was um, in that. Let's see. What else you got? Uh, let's see here. Mark Shepard. Um, if you saw his picture, you'd recognize him in a lot of um, sci-fi stuff and a lot of, um, yeah, mostly sci-fi. Uh, he was probably best known for his role in Supernatural. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he plays Lucan in Star Trek Voyager. Yep. Uh, did you we mention Ray Wise? Nope. So Ray Wise from Robocop, uh, Framed in Dangerous, Psych, Mad Men, Reaper, How I Met Your Mother, appears in an episode of Next Gen, Who Watches the Watchers as a Vulcan native. We have Reka Sharma Shim. I always put her name. Reka Sharman. Sharman. No, I can't do this. I can't do it either. Don't ask yeah. me to read it. I know, you know who, I'm I know talking who you're about, talking though, about. Yeah. yeah. Um, she played a reoccurring role in Battlestar Galactica. Uh, she plays Commander Landry for three episodes in Star Trek Discovery. I know we were talking about stand-up comics, but did you know that uh, Joe Piscopo? He is on my list. Uh, who's been on Saturday Night Live and a couple other things. Um, appeared in an episode on the holodeck. Yep. Um, Vanessa Williams. Oh, I, I did not realize Vanessa Williams was in there. Yep. Um, uh Miss America turned actress, Vanessa Williams. I think it was Next Gen. I didn't write it down. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've exhausted most of my list at this point in time um, of the, the two websites I had. I had a couple other ones. Um, I know there's a lot more people out there. Yeah. I'm going to let you keep going down your list. I'm going to switch the camera over to you as the main camera. I have David Ogden Steer. Okay. Um, you probably know him from MASH from the later seasons. Okay, yep, yep. Um, he plays Timisian in an episode of Next Generation. All right. Uh, Saul Rubinek. Rubinek. Um, again, another name you would know from a lot of sci-fi. Yes. Um, he plays Kevas Farjo in The Most Toys in Next Generation. All right. Uh, I already said that one. I had one more. Where was it? Dwight Schultz. Dwight Schultz. Dwight Schultz. Um, probably best known as Howling Mad Murdoch from the A-Team. He plays a recurring role. That's who I knew. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, and I do remember him being in there yeah. uh, in one of my lists. I don't know what happened to the one website I looked at because it, it had like 75 famous actors in it. And the last two I looked up only had like 30. I saw the same website. And it also had two more pages to go through. Yeah, like it was yeah. just a lot There's of things, and I'm like, things. and I had that saved. I thought originally in my phone. Of course, when I went to look it up this morning, it's gone. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> Schultz plays Reginald Barkley. All right. Uh, I think he may have been in Next Gen. I don't think he was in Next Gen. He may have been in DS Nine. He was definitely in Voyager. All right. 
and he was also in First Contact, the movie. Okay. Okay. Pretty sure he was in First Contact. Did you have anyone else on your list? Um, Michelle Forbes. Michelle Forbes. I did not write down who she was in uh, Star Trek. What she was in Star Trek. Okay. Virginia Madsen. Don't know who that is. Um, I didn't until I looked her up. She has a very recognizable face. I just forgot what she was in. Okay. Uh, Pamela Alden. Alden. Okay. You're mentioning a lot of names. I'm not sure who they are unless I see the face with them. Yeah, I think that's my whole list. And when I do pop these up onto the YouTube channel, I'm going to try to pop in um, the faces with it too. Okay. You know what? I forgot. I usually also kind of interview you, what gets you into sci-fi and all that kind of stuff, and I didn't have a chance to do that when we popped (laughs) right into this. So we're going to spend the rest of this episode kind of getting to know Joe a little bit more. He may be a reoccurring guest. so I hope so. Um, I've watched a little bit of sci-fi in my day. Yeah. Um, It's been fun talking to you so far. Thank you. Uh, What got you into sci-fi? Um... What got me into sci-fi? I think it's it's a lot of just the futuristic space type out there. You have a specific shows. book or show you started watching that really got you? I think the first thing I ever watched in the sci-fi era was probably Star Wars Episode Five. All right. I remember and- the Battle Hoth. Right, and you see these you the Adat the Adat walkers walking right. across the Hoth landscape. I, they had laser rifles, and they had the um, the the planes flying around trying to grapple the the walkers mm-hmm. to trip them up. I thought that was really cool. And then, of course, you see the giant spaceships, and I'm like, those are really cool. They're the star destroyers, and the fight of good versus evil. Luke, no, I'm your father. Which is the correct way of saying that line. Um, <laughs> no, I am your father is the correct line. It is not Luke, I am your father. A lot of people get that wrong. And me for a long time. Um, it obviously is your pet peeve. A <laughs> little bit. I have a little bit of a pet peeve for that. Um, uh, I started watching a lot of um, Stargate Oh, I love Richard Dean Anderson and the original. Richard Dean Anderson's Samantha Carter. um, Because I I loved him in MacGyver. Yeah. Yeah, Samantha Carter going through all that kind of stuff. Uh, Michael Shanks. Um, I did watch the movie beforehand with, um, what's the actor? He played uh, Little Big Um, Chinatown or something like that, too. Um, Oh, shoot. Escape from L.A. Who the frick is the actors? I'm sure people are screaming at their radios right now. They probably are. (laughs) Um, This does not look good for me. It doesn't look good for me either, but I've already covered this with a shiny red ball. Stargate 94 was... Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, I know. Absolutely famous. Yeah, it took us both too long. Yeah, we should have known that one. He played Evo in... um, the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie, too. Yes, he did. Yeah, the planet the, the planet eating thing. Yeah, um, he's James been in a Spader, lot of stuff. Who was also in Marvel? He played Ultron. Was uh, the original Daniel Jackson in the yes. ninety four movie? Yes, yeah. in the ninety four movie. And yes. then he was replaced with Michael Shanks. Uh, I I don't know which one I really liked better. Uh, honestly, I mean I. I think we've had so much of Michael Shanks as Daniel Jackson, and it's not really of, hard. It's yeah. hard to picture James Spader as where the only Kurt Daniel Russell. Jackson. I can easily see him as playing Richard Dean Anderson's character yeah. to begin with, but I like the way Richard Dean Anderson ended up after we get away from the movie magic of, yeah, you know what it was all about. But I loved that the original movie. I thought the original movie was uh, fabulous. Yeah, and um, the only person to have a role. In both. Um, in both was Catherine Langston. I believe so, yeah. Um, I have it here. Catherine, nope, it just pulled up her name. <laughs> uh, her name is Vivica Lindfors. Okay. Um, she was the only one to have a role in both, which was really cool. Right. But when Hulu was um, putting out season by season, they put out like one well, season that... a month of 
SG One. That's how I really got into that. You see, but it was released on HBO to begin with. It actually HBO had real nudity. Then, though. Yes, it was. It, it was a show, but it wasn't a streaming service. No, it wasn't a streaming service. You, you and I ran up at different times. You got to remember, yeah. my first entrance into sci-fi was Robotech. That's yeah. why I have a big anime fascination and love sci-fi. Uh, just as I was like six or seven, eight, something like that, when when Robotech rolled out in the early eighties. Yeah. Um, and. Loved Rototech. Sat down, like that was on super early in the morning, like at five thirty in the morning. I I woke up early at like five fifteen <laughs> to make sure I didn't miss a second of Robotech. I loved Robotech. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that that was my introduction to it, along with the original Star Wars, which I saw around the same age, and yep. um, and that was a New Hope before Empire Strikes Back in Episode Five, and yeah. Then, uh, Return of the Jedi. Not to make you feel old, but the first one I saw in theaters was Episode Three. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was it was after Episode Two that I got into Star Wars. So oh, I get it. I get it. Um, what books? What What's your favorite author for sci-fi? Ah, uh, you know what? I don't really read sci-fi. I'm more of a news magazine type reader. Favorite game from sci-fi then? Oh, that that one's hard. I'd ha- I'd probably have to say probably the older Star Wars, Star Trek games. Um, I play a lot of really like the the arcade version games where you were playing them in the arcade, or were we talking? No, more like Knights of the Old Republic. You see, I have both of those. You see, I'm the talking. Yeah, you're you're talking you're spaceship arcade fighters, games. arcade games. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, like, you're talking arcade games. I'm talking like full on video games. Aha, uh-huh, man. Uh, but if you want those a 2D were full game, on video games. If you want a 2D game, uh, Birth of the Federation was a really cool Star Trek. Is that game. a bar board game? No, it's a. Um, although, it, no, it probably couldn't be a board game. Someone could probably figure out how to make it into a board game, but it's like an old like Windows. Oh, okay. Game. okay. It's a strategic game. You um you build ships, you populate planets, you right. fight the Klingons, the Romulans, the Cardassians, the Ferengi are also a uh, another one in there. I always played the Star Starfleet, uh, the Federation. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do I want to ask you here? What do you think is going to be the next science fiction thing to become science fact? Oh, jeez. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot with some of these questions. I mean, we have the data pads that turn into iPads. We had we did have that, but, I mean, it's already here. The what cell phones, the communicators. Yeah, but the communicators were these little thing on there, and yeah, they have them now. Gen. That started in next gen. Well, yeah, because they had the flip phones, communicators, and the the original Star Trek. Yeah, and that's why I I do this because next gen was more or less my jam. That was they make a Bluetooth. They do. They do have a Bluetooth. I would love to have one of those. Uh, I I may or may not own one of those. You you may or may not. (laughs) So that's a yes. (laughs) You're gonna you're gonna have to show me that sometime. Uh, Um. Oh jeez, I want to say probably the um, the tricorder, like a medical tricorder. Funny you mentioned that because I'm my pretty last, sure I on something like that. My last episode, the news had just released that the tricorder for the space station, the what they're calling a tricorder, yeah, has gone up in space. It is a handheld unit. Yeah. Takes a drop of blood like you would get from a print prick from doing the um, uh, like sugar tests yeah. for that kind of stuff. And it will tell you your radiation exposure levels. It will tell you all kinds of stuff about you. And it will su- spit out suggestions of what you can do to help uh, fix a problem while you, they don't have a doctor or anything else that can communicate with them. Interesting. Um, space Station also did their first holographic doctor on the space station thing. <laughs> That's cool. Um, they're all an emergency holographic doctor. It's not an emergency holographic doctor, yeah. but they they had a, a a doctor that they produce a hologram onto the space station that was talking to the astronauts up there. Nice. Uh, so yeah, a lot of that stuff is uh, 
in the works and and out there. It's a, it's not like the full yeah. holograph stuff, but Bonus I mean, packs. I almost ordered ordered a couple of holographic TVs that are are possible out there. <laughs> yeah. My wife would kill me if I spent that much money, but I almost have. I won't ask you what the price is then. My wife uh, will also kill me. A lot of those. Uh, used a water mist system you had to use yeah and, and then the laser shows and by the time you get everything set up to do some of that set stuff up and calibrated you're looking at yeah tens of uh, no they actually have dropped there was a kickstarter campaign not too long ago to create one that was in a small six by six box type of thing oh wow and it was a literal hologram that you could walk around with type of thing but it was no bigger than um like you remember the Windows paperclip thingy? Yeah. It was no bigger than that was across the screen a lot. Oh wow! A lot of times, but you could make it whatever you wanted, like a dog, a robot, I a human Clippy. face. I uh, miss having the little. You Windows miss Clippy? Paperclip. <laughs> uh, I forget. I, I forget Clippy. you guys called him Clippy because <laughs> <laughs> he was a paperclip. I know he was a paperclip, <laughs> and I didn't bother to name my paperclips. <laughs> Um, I mean, that was like cutting-edge technology when I was in school. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> you know what was cutting-edge technology? Having a computer when I was in school and writing in uh, uh, BASIC. I have a computer from 1976. It runs Windows 2, and it still works. Nice. It's a Zenith data systems computer. My wife... 128 kilobyte RAM? Yep. My wife would love for me to ditch it because it takes up too much room, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't ditch that. I'm never ditching it. All right. It's my baby. I'm sure. Uh, whatever cool uh, sci-fi toys you got. Um, and we might have to get together and do like a, a sci-fi toy thing eventually sci-fi too. Sci-fi toy thing. I'm not, I don't think I have that many sci-fi toys. Well, that's not science fiction. It's it's real science. The original computer, but still. The, oh, like old technology, that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, you still have a rotary phone? At least you're old enough to know what one of those are. What's a rotary? No, I'm kidding. Fuck <laughs> off. I was about ready to throw my phone at you. <laughs> Careful, you might hit one of the cameras. <laughs> oh. oh, no, no. Um, I don't I don't really think I have that much, uh, that much old technology. No? What? I think it's just the computer. It weighs um, a ton, though. Any new exciting sci-fi shows you want to see that's coming out? Um, I want to catch up on the Star Trek shows, Picard, Lower Decks. Um, the Orville Season 3 is coming out. Yes, it is. I did mention um, when it was coming out on an earlier episode. Yeah. Also, Strange New Worlds, I think, releases yes. this week. Yeah, it's very soon. If not uh, this week. It will be this week. Like this episode won't come out until Tuesday on the air, even though recording today mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, but you know, I think on Friday, Wednesday or Friday this week is when Strange New Worlds drops. On uh, what's it dropping on again? Um, Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount. Yeah, they got all the Star Trek shows on Paramount. Well, they have everything. That's the only reason why I ended up getting Paramount was for all the Star Trek shows. I think Next Gen is still on Netflix or Hulu or one of those two. Some of them are still on there a little bit, um, but not like all the the episodes and all that kind of stuff. They're only going to be on Paramount Plus soon. Yeah. Which which really sucks is then you have to like pick and choose which what you want to watch or what you don't want to watch. I already chose. (laughs) I have to, but. Like Netflix um, really had a an explosion this week because of the loss of subscribers. Their stock price yeah. tanked like nearly sixty percent. Yeah, they did. Um, they are scrambling now to make some recoveries and stuff. They've made some poor choices recently on a few things. Yeah. Um, like I think it was a poor choice to cancel Cowboy Bebop. I really do. I did not have that big of a problem with season one. I did a little bit, but I'm not one of these diehards. Like, I don't want to see the exact same thing when you switch from one medium to another medium. Yeah. All right. I think they messed up a couple of the shows. Probably. uh, (laughs) In that, but uh, they could have been fixed or something else. And And they could have come back and make some other minor changes. And I thought it was interesting having um, Spike's... Uh, girlfriend ended up being a bad guy in, in the end on that one. I thought it was yeah. an interesting little twist. Did you watch uh, the new Bebop? I've watched 
bits and pieces here and there, YouTube videos. I've never watched like the whole thing straight out. I watched the whole thing straight out already. Um, and then um, Amazon Prime is doing a lot of interesting sci-fi. Yep. Um, so I'm excited about some of that stuff coming out on there. Um, I really do think sci-fi is generally not given enough of a chance by some of the execs to build up the fan bases they need before they're like, oh, we need to cancel it. Yeah. Um, Firefly being the biggest example of that. Firefly had a couple of flaws, not in the show, because... Well, they had a lot of flaws in how they released it. They changed the date they They were airing it on three times. They changed the order of episodes... They changed a lot of different things. Yeah. It, I loved it. I loved um, I loved the show. I loved Serenity, although I really wish that they didn't go down some of the roads they did with Serenity. Like killing Walsh? Yeah. Come on. <sighs> but um, I do, but I think that also had that emotional tug in the, the thing. Yeah. Like you, you didn't forget Serenity because of that. Yeah, I I think it was a shitty thing to do to do to Walsh, but it's it's one of those it's a bittersweet thing. But yeah, the show wasn't gonna come back, so it's probably best that they. Well, yeah, and they were. They, he, I think they were setting up to do possibly another season or some follow one after Serenity the movie, and the actor that played Walsh was like, "Not unless you're paying me a lot of money." And they're yeah. like, "All right, well, we'll just kill you off." <laughs> I think that's how that kind of. I mean, they, they did they, the same thing from Iron Man One to Iron Man Two. Yeah. Um, the guy who played Rhodey, um, of course, I can't remember his name right now. Um, said, "Yeah, but I want a lot more money for the next one." So they replaced him. Yeah, exactly. And his replacement has been in every single one, one since. since. Yep. So a horrible decision, but. But these actors need to get paid. I mean, yeah. um, one of my friends' podcasts, Anime Made Me Do It, was talking yeah. about um, if you're into anime, uh, what's that one that just released out here? Jujitsu Kaizen just came to American theaters here. Uh, worldwide, they expected all proceeds to be around $30 million for. Uh, worldwide showings and all that kind of yeah. stuff. They made $30 million within the first few weeks in Japan. They've already wow. are over $180 million, I think, gross for that, Good that for movie that. And, and show and stuff. They paid the voice actor for the entire movie 150 bucks. Wow. Well, I hope for he negotiates one of the main characters. <laughs> well, I hope he negotiates a new contract for whatever. Well, I hope next. that... The, it's, they're all part of guild workers, so. Oh. You know, yeah. or some of it's like hit or miss. Hey, do you want to do this thing? And you spend eight hours, ten hours uh, doing all this recording, and then you only get paid 150 bucks, and that's it. That's the end of the day. Buy and see you. Wow. You're not asked back, and these execs just make a ton of money. Yeah. Um. So I just expect some of those changes to happen. I mean, it's the same thing that's happening throughout a lot of your society right now with uh, minimum pay wages and all that. What happened when we brought everything up to the level? Well, nobody McDonald's got paid more in the middle more. class or anything. Everybody else is charging more yeah. for everything. Everybody else ends up le- making less on an average level. Yeah. And what happens to the big fat cats? They just keep making more and more money. Yeah. Laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, that's big picture stuff. Well, it's a system that's rigged. It's what sci-fi is all about, though. It's about doing these big picture things and how do we make them work for everybody. Yeah. Um, Good sci-fi takes that and does that. That's why I loved a lot of Gene Roddenberry stuff. Did you ever watch V? I did not. Another one of uh, Gene Roddenberry. I think it was Gene. Maybe it wasn't even Gene Roddenberry. The time he was involved with so much stuff in the nineties, so but V, late eighties was a alien race um, invading, not invading. 
not exactly invading Earth, we should yeah. say. We come in peace. Um, there are a bunch of lizard men that dressed up like humans for a while, and then they were like, we're figuring out whether or not we can take over the entire planet or not with these people on it. Yeah. Type of thing. So it wasn't an initial invade the Earth type of thing, but it kind of was, and it was kind of a lot of backdoorsy stuff, and they were seeing kind of like War of the Worlds type of thing, whether the bacteria and all that kind of stuff was going to affect them and all that stuff before they made an attempt to take over the planet. It's probably good information to have before yeah. you take over a planet. So, all right, guys. I think we're coming to the end of this episode here. I hope it's around an hour. Um, that's where I like to keep my podcast at. Yeah. Uh, thank you again for listening. Keep the likes and shares. Give me feedback. Uh, give me feedback to my um, Facebook page uh, or YouTube channel. Those are the ones I check the most. I do have a Twitter. I do have uh, Instagram, but I have no idea how to use Instagram, so I think I've posted one thing on Instagram, and that's been it. Twitter has been seeing a lot of the dead birds out there as well. I haven't been hitting that up as much, and I'm sorry. Maybe I'll try to hit that up a little bit better for you guys again. And then um, you can email me at the sci-fi update at gmail.com. Um, give me that feedback. Let me know what's what's going on. Um, let me know what you guys want to hear. What episodes you're excited for coming up, if anything I've talked about. Thanks again for listening. Have a good night.